All right. We're recording, aren't we? We are recording. Okay. So this is, I'm guessing <clears throat> that this is our prologue or f- yeah, something like that, because I'm not really sure this will be the first episode okay. of our podcast. It might be. You don't know. I don't know. But it's it's March 30th. It's oh. what time at night? It's uh, almost nine o'clock. I've just come into town, into Knoxville. Knoxville, to, Tennessee. Yep. Hang out with you. It's the first time we're seeing each other in person since you did your um, your story on I Was a Teenage Fundamentalist podcast. That is correct. And I, I did that. I didn't really tell you I was doing that. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did tell you that I was thinking of getting a podcast started and you're like, yes, I'm there. I'm going to, you know, whatever you need me to do. So I took that as license that, all right, I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to talk about Sharon in my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. Well, I just want to set the stage here too, because um, we have some very large, let me get a oatmeal and chocolate chip cookies because we're, I'm going to indulge while we're okay, doing this. That's great. I don't know if that breaks any rules, but nope, I'm doing it. Doesn't, yeah. And then also, oh, let me get it. I have some sparkling mango seltzer spiked. Not so much that I'll get tipsy, yeah. but enough that and I'll And I don't know it. if you've heard um, the Cheers to Leaving podcast, but that's their thing. They start oh. every podcast we Cheers. Not copy them, but no, we're um, not. <laughs> Cheers, girls, or whoever. <laughs> they've been very inspiring to me as I've been listening to them. So, all right. Um, so, I know one of the things you wanted to do was get into my story, but before, I'm not sure I'm ready to do that right okay. now. Oh, you almost knocked I that did. over. I did. I think what I wanted to talk with you about is so for this last week, I have been reading the book No Compromise, and I have never read that book. You've never, I've never read, read the, book. the book. I never read it. Oh, I just, okay. I could, I didn't want to. I knew so much shit would have been whitewashed. I knew true things that I know were not being said. And I was just like, why would I read this? Why would I read this? Do it's you just remember gonna- if Martin ordered a copy back then? Because when it came out, we were in Richmond. And I remember having some conversations. I remember seeing the cover, the one okay. that had kind of the watercolor, mm-hmm. greenish. Oh, yeah. It was the a cover. terrible, yeah, terrible really bad, picture. Really bad painting thing. Yeah. Um, I know. I do remember seeing the book. And mm-hmm. I remember intentionally saying, yeah, I, I got no interest in reading that at all. So I have never read it. And I'll be honest, I, when I decided I was going to read it after your after your stint on the on the Aussies gig, I thought, all right, I'm going to read this thing, but I am fucking not going to put any more money <laughs> into that into that endeavor. So I, I I basically went on eBay and bought a used copy so that <laughs> so I could have a clean conscience on that. So anyway, I've spent the last week reading it, and I've got to say, um, I've just been in a funk. It's yep. just it just has brought me back to. Oh, just the intensity, the self, the agony of the of the self judgment that we were all in and under, and also the the sense that every moment, every choice has eternal consequences for yourself and for everyone else, and just the weight, the the sheer weight of the of the literally the weight the of the world. world of all the souls on earth 
are because if you don't get it right, then you're not being God's perfect vessel to bring his word. And, and yeah, and then of course, as we talk in different times, we're going to unpack all that. And it's like just a whole lot of yeah, awful bullshit. But it, it is. Know. I but, mean, the Christians are responsible for this. Soul. This generation of Christians <laughs> is responsible for this generation of sinners. And yeah. it, that's a heavy burden to bear. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, and so, you know, I went back and I, I, so I'm reading, I'm reading it and I'm kind of tracking the timeline. And I have to say, I didn't realize how, quote, new baby a Christian was, Keith was, when he led me to the Lord. When I was 14 and he was, oh my God, how old was he? Like barely 21 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he Just, was. And um, you did find the Bible that he gave to you. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you did send me the the photocopy of the letter that he wrote to you. And I can tell from that, that he's very young. Like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Super juvenile. <laughs> baby, baby. Well, the, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know what though? We were, we were babies the entire time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just, we were, we were. So I don't know, you know, I thought, okay, where, where are we going to start? I thought we need to kind of outline what, what are we going to do? What's our, what's our, episode list topic list going to be and what are we going to cover and what's our mission and what are our values <laughs> <And> <laughs> you know the way i think <laughs> strategic organizational planning um but i also just thought you know i i read it with a combination of curiosity compassion a bit of infuriation and indignation at oh my god the arrogance not just of Keith and Melody, but of all of us, all you know, us. the arrogance. Oh, my God, the arrogance. Um, and the and recognizing the devastation that really was was visited upon so many people on an individual level. You know, it's one thing to like, count all these numbers at a at the one of the concerts or the the inquirers meetings or the newsletter mailing list and the albums that go out go out okay yeah those are great numbers and i'm sure many people's lives were changed for the better no doubt whatsoever and there were individuals lives who were really devastated and out of hubris arrogance spiritual pride immaturity and some just being an asshole or a bitch. And that's yeah. the truth of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I at a later time, we can unpack when you say that a lot of people's lives were changed for the better. Um, I think what's <laughs> been sobering for me, even since that podcast went out, is the amount of people that have been messaging me um, that either received the newsletter and just the amount of condemnation that they had when that came into their mailbox Mm -hmm, and the things that mm -hmm. they were dealing with, or those who went off to a training school in YWAM who could relate to all the things that we were teaching in ICT, and a few people who actually followed um, into last days even after we left, and um, the amount of years that they had to unwind some of that heavy condemnation and that guilt and that shame. Uh, there was one day when I just got a couple of messages. I just sat in that chair right over there and I just wept because yeah. I know the stuff that's impacted me. Um, but it it's it was pretty 
staggering just to see. I mean, at one point, that mailing list was 450,000 people. That was when a big-ass mailing when list. When I yep. yeah, stopped doing yep. um, the numbers, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And it was a clean list. I mean, that's a thing that, you know, a lot of people don't really think or know about. The fact is, is that that list, we never solicited for donations ever. Well, you know what? And and I remember back even when we were in California on the Dolorosa Street, where <laughs> Keith had to send a repentance uh, letter or, or or statement in the next newsletter because there, we had a uh, envelope in the prior one that said, this is not a request, just a convenience for those who feel led. <laughs> so I was receiving the newsletter at that time. And I uh-huh. remember that especially. And uh, then the newsletter that came with the repentance and as someone who was receiving it, I was like, that's just so cool. Yeah. These people are so awesome. We were. And that was part of my draw <laughs> to be able to go there. Yeah. Well, the, any, that that list, you know, I think that really factors in because so to have a clean list that is regularly purged and what by that we meant that like you could stay on our mailing list and receive the newsletter without ever sending a penny in. You didn't have to donate, but we did need to hear from you at least once a year. So if we hadn't had any letter from you or postcard or anything, we would send out a uh, we'd send out a notice that said, "Hey, if you still want to get this, let us know. Otherwise, we're going to take you off the mailing list." So to have hundreds of thousands of absolutely engaged Christians who are interested in the message of self-sacrifice, who are interested in this whole thing of being challenged, who have never been asked for money, and who are definitely have opted in on a regular basis. I mean, that's an astonishing asset. And frankly, I think, I mean, you you said as much and kind of alluded to it in 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 that interview you gave, but I think for um for YWAM especially, I think they were just like drooling or cre- a- creaming their panties a- at the possibility of getting a- their hands on that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and yeah. and we were so young even you know, when everything was kind of coming and crashing down, um, it was outside of my naivety to believe that YWAM would have ulterior motives, right? Yes. Um, yes. They had been part of the curriculum. They had been part of the teaching. Yeah. They'd been mentoring. And so the one of the things um, that I can say even in all our screwed upness. Uh, we were all a pretty sincere bunch at last days, right? We didn't yeah. have like we we were we had a lot of guilt and condemnation, but we weren't out for an agenda to really take advantage of people financially. No, um, and so I never thought that youth with a mission would have that. And I right. think being able, especially through the years, to see that they absolutely set their sights on Keith well, and they absolutely yeah. set their sights on yeah. the industry. And then, and then, oh my God, then the thing with the whole, that whole Americans Against Abortion petition with the millions of names and that were all promised that they're never going to get used for anything. And then to find out, oh no, mm, yeah, she wants to turn him over. What was it to Pat Robertson for his uh, run for presidency? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. it's like, it's like, 
wow, the duplicity, the inconsistency, the hypocrisy was pretty, pretty astounding. So I think we're, I'm kind of rambling here. So but you're getting into is, some really good parts of the story that we haven't heard yet. Right? Yeah, as we'll, far we'll as, get there as far eventually. As you getting there and then the whole Americans Against Abortion. Yeah. If you know in that podcast, I steered a little clear of that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, they had mentioned that and, uh, and you know, a lot of it because I, I just – you know, I think that's a whole subject in and of itself in a podcast as far as Americans Against Abortion. Yeah. Um, you need to, you know, I'm just noticing you keep turning your face away from the mic. You know why? When because my little puppy's over here. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm He's cuter than I am. Puppy. I know. I know. You want to look at him, not me. Okay. Um, yeah, no, there is a whole lot more there. And this rambling is also just because, honestly, I, this, these last few days when I've been, expecting to get together to talk about it. I just, I have just been so depressed. So do you feel like it's a good thing to unpack or do you feel that it is um, not healthy or you're like, I I need to go through this? No, I think it's probably, I think it's good. I mean, I'm, I've also recently been kind of actually talking with a a trauma specialist, a therapist, and kind of looking at different things in my childhood and also the whole LDM experience and things with the arranged marriage and all the stuff that happened with that. Um, So it's timely. It's the the timing is right. Um, I just was surprised at how, how oppressive it felt. And, and it was almost as if like I'm reading this and I'm that teenager right back there. With all that angst, with all that, you know, face down in the carpet and on in the houses at in in Woodland Hills, praying and seeking and weeping, and we're like praying for revival and laying down our idols and and yet nothing was ever really good enough. I mean, I think that's at, really at n- mm-hmm. never was. It never was. So you basically lived with the constant underlying belief, no matter what was said, the underlying belief that we are failing, I am failing in my quest to die to self and let Jesus be all. Like, just never, never get there. Right. And that, that's a, that's an unhappy place to live. It's a very unhappy place to live. And for a long time. For years, decades. For decades, because even though we were like, I love what you said, you can take the girl out of the cult, but you can't take the cult out of the girl, or at least it took us many years for that to go away. Yeah, Lindsay and I, my ex, and you and Martin, we left with the purpose of basically starting a very similar ministry in Richmond, Yeah, right? And so one of the things I have packed away are all my ICT notes, which is why I'm able to to post so many things because I kept all those because we were going to start a school and Martin mm. was going to start a magazine. Yeah. So we were going into phase two and, um, and basically like, yeah. okay, they've screwed this up. We're going to start fresh and do it, do it mm-hmm. the right way. Um, so there was definitely a lot of years uh, that that continued on, yeah. and then reinforced in the marriages, right? So you know you have oh, this yes. um, this head of the household. You know one of the things I you know been thinking about in all this as I've been looking through journals is what a crazy idea to give a young hormonal man the power 
that what he thinks and does is of God to lead. <laughs> Just because he's got a penis. Just because. <laughs> and, you know, uh, as a mother of sons, which whom I love very much, uh, but you look, you know, at that whole growth line and w- how crazy that is as young, you know, you were even younger than I was. Um, but to come in and then, okay, I've handed my life over to this man now right. who is my leader and who now hears from God. But we've really handed our lives over to God. Okay. We're just yes. following God's rules and God's laws. Mm-hmm. And if we love God and if we trust God, then that's what it will be. And, you know, what was that one? The, what was the thing in Peter, something about wives? Even if your husband is disobedient to the Lord, he will be one without yes. a word. Yes. By observing your chaste and respectful behavior. Yes. You know, that, so it's like it's still all on us. It is still on us. It's still all, on, still us, all on us. Right. And how to walk that line of, you know, trying to give your input without being right. overbearing or, right. you know, <laughs> in, in persuading too yeah, much. Yeah. But, and then like taking it and praying and, you know, trying right. to, to basically convince right. them. And, and just the angst of that. I right. mean, that's just so much angst in itself. Because now, one of the things I realized in that podcast was, so it was bad enough to just God and me, right? So I got to please God, and I've got to die to myself and have all that angst. And that's bad enough. But now I've then lined myself with a man. So now there's another umbrella over me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've got to please God, but I've also got to please him while I please God. You know... <laughs> And and it's like I remember crazy. after after the engagement, which we'll get into that in another thing. But I do remember going outside in the middle of the day one day and just running across one of the hay fields down between the driveway and the water wheel, down by the wood the where the wood line was there, and just falling on my knees and falling on my face and crying and crying about it and saying, "God, Jesus, please." And what's so funny is. In retrospect, now I can see the trauma and the terror, you know, because basically I was told this is what your life is going to be. It wasn't like a choice I made. And, but I kept pleading, like, like thinking about the scriptures that Paul, when he talks about, you know, that it's better to just not be married because then you can be fully for Jesus. And I just was praying like, oh, you know, God, I, Jesus, I, I'm so afraid. I'm afraid that I'm going to, my heart's going to be divided and not be fully for you if I get married. What if my heart's not fully for you? And and it was this terror of that. Yeah, it's, it's and it was truly terror. So okay, like that was before you, you got married. Yeah, that, that was, was when I got engaged. engaged. That was yeah, like first. Hey, you're going to get to. We prayed about it. Martin's asked for this. We believe it's of God. What do you think, Sharon? <laughs> like I'm. It's like barely 18 years old. What do I think? You know, well, sure. Okay. And then three weeks later, okay. Yeah. You get married. You want to marry him? Okay, good. You know, so it's like, it was just, it was crazy. Anyway, more details of that yes, later. I know details. we're jumping around, but I just want to get back to the the thing about, <laughs> I sort of have said it uh, jokingly, um, you know, mission and values, but I, I thought about this and we said, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do this thing. Why? Honestly, like, who the fuck cares? Like, why does what we have to say that important that people should want to sacrifice an hour of their life to listen? You know, it's like, what? So there's been that question in my mind of like, all right, well, what you think you're just you're you just 
got something so, so vital? Is there hubris in this? Is there um, just, you know, it's so funny. It's that whole, like, let's check our hearts again, right? Check your hearts. (laughs) Check our hearts. And then it's like, okay, is it also coming out of like, disgust or anger at at shit from the past. And sure, there's still that. I mean, I'm human. I'm not looking to, I'm not looking for vengeance. I'm not looking for somebody to suffer. I'm not looking at any of, for any of that. And I'm also like, you know what? The truth is the truth. And it's a little ridiculous that grown adults can't face the realities of the truth. None of us are perfect. Why hide? Why hide it? Why try to pretend it was something that it wasn't? So, so there's that. And, uh, but then I also thought kind of like on the, on the value side, you know, this isn't for me and I know for you, actually, your heart is better than mine in this. Ah, I'm going to say that, know you know, it's, that. it's not about like, I don't want to cause pain to anyone. I really don't. And I think for some people who hold on to certain beliefs and certain mindsets and, you know, their, their, their worldview, it's a comfort for them. It's a comfort for them. And my opinion, and this is just my opinion, is that oftentimes they're kind of stuck in this immaturity of needing to see things as black and white because life is messy. Adult reality is messy. If everything's black and white, that works really well. That's what our that's what our three year olds want. That's what our five and six year olds want. Black and white. But you know, it's not just shades of gray. It's like the whole rainbow of color. And but for some people, the need to continue to see black and white is a comfort, and it's scary to consider something else. And I know because it was terrifying for me. Correct. I think it was terrifying for you too, right? Yes. So I'm not out there trying to like poke holes in somebody's belief system, except when that belief system causes damage and destruction and pain to other people who don't deserve it, that's when I like, nah, I kind of want to tear down your bullshit. Yes, absolutely. So, um, and you know, that's, uh, yeah, that's a big subject as far as, um, I agree. Um, and I know that one of the things that struck me is that no one's really come out about last days, which has happened a long time ago. Yeah. Um, which also and, is the question is why is it relevant? Who cares why is it now? Relevant, right. Right. And so, um, in, Although, when you start to to peel back Youth with a Mission... Kind of shake, can they hear me eating my cookie? They might be able to that's hear That's how you, serious that, that's, I am that's, about that's, this, that's okay. eating with, my cookie. With, with that. I'm sorry. No, 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 <laughs> that, that's, that's good. Um, Melody and Youth with a Mission. So what really struck me was on the 40th anniversary of Keith's death, which happened last July. So I would say from that point on is kind of where all of a sudden it was like... I I have to, <laughs> as I'm getting older, 
set the record straight. Enough is enough. The as, emperor's new clothes, yes, right? As far as it depends on me. Um, <laughs> you know, one of very close mentors of mine that was for years at Last Days, who's now has a new ministry, and then Melody, and they sent all this thing, and they all got together at the Tyler Wang Wang base to celebrate, and the message is, can't we all be like Keith, right? There's just this whole thing of, we all need to just follow God like Keith, we need to, uh, and no, <laughs> it's like, no, we don't need to do that. And so where are they getting that from? They're getting that from the book, No Compromise. And you know, here's a new, this thing is just occurring to me right this minute. The people that, so clearly Melody really knew Keith, obviously. She knew him better than anyone. Correct. Right. Everybody else totally singing his praises, ha <laughs> ha, singing. Um <laughs> None of those people lived with him. Co- correct. Do you know that? I, None of those I people absolutely <laughs> lived with him. And what's been stunning is how many people are coming out to act as though they did know him. Right. Because of his music, which we all, I mean, I am there. I'm like, hey, he sang with passion. And I think part of his effectiveness was it was the sincere, authentic cry of his heart in the stage that he was in. And, you know, you yeah. can do that in all kinds of music. There's... There's beauty in that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I would say, you know, Kathleen Dillard, I may have to cut that name out. Um, she was one that met um, for, you know, this anniversary. And so she did know him. And then the other people, from my perspective, that knew them the most was you and Martin. Mm-hmm. And you've been completely cut out of all of the story completely. <laughs> And um, and then I know the there are po- some photos in there that still have that me. Still- There's no big X over my face, but no, my pictures the are one in there. Why when when you guys are sitting with Floyd McClung? Well, not one- only that, but okay. on the on the the uh, the big car. Texas or yeah, bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the some others. I'm the some and others. Some others, right, right, others right. kind of came along <laughs> with this. Uh, and so it it's like, okay, you know, one of the other things, you know, in my ICT school, we read a lot of biographies. And I was one of those really young, like, I'm going to read these biographies, Reese Hal Intercessor. And that's the time when I was like, you know, he didn't wear a hat because culturally that was, you know, a thing that he had to be willing to die to himself with. And so I'm like, what's my cultural thing that I'm willing? And that's when I stopped shaving my legs, right? <laughs> and deodorant. And, yeah, yeah, no and deodorant. deodorant. Oh my God. Because oh my it's God. like, I want to prove to God that I am like Reese Howes <laughs> and I want to do all this. And um, and so I realized, you know, people are taking this book and they're trying to to pattern their life after Keith Green because of the way Melody tells this story. Yeah. And it's like, it's an incomplete story. It is. And yes, she has some portions of it because she was married to him. But even personally, some of the way, you know, that I observed even them yep. relating together and sort of thing, this is not a complete story. This it's is not, not a true story. And it's absolutely not a true story of last days. Right? right. So she can talk about Keith and their relationship. Right. But I was there at last days for the five years where Melody, I may have seen her three times. Like yeah. she just was not around. Yeah. So the the story and then the way it all, you know, came crashing down. It's like, this is, this is not, this, this is not the history. No, it's not. Well, if nothing else, you know, maybe we'll set the record straight on a few things. Maybe we'll give an alternate perspective on a few things. We're going to tell a fucking funny story. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, There's and some... <laughs> now we're far enough around, away from it yep. that, 
uh, you know, it's so far right. away. It's like another life. And I'm, it is funny. There is a lot of stuff yeah, there that's is. funny. And I'm glad we're doing this. You know, uh, so what was it three years ago, you and I got together with my friend Suzanne, who kind of facilitated. Yes. We spent a weekend outlining and talking about writing a book, our book to be called Confessions of the Cult Sisters. Because it wasn't just about the whole last days thing. Correct. Right, yeah. Um, but it's about, you know, our whole journey in life. And and um, I'm glad we're doing this podcast, though. I know you've, you've, you've got it named Feet of Clay. I kind of like the idea of Feet of Clay dash Confessions of the Cult Sisters. But we'll see where it goes. We'll because see where it goes. This isn't actually the first official. This isn't episode one. This correct. is still the prologue. Prologue, is that the right word? Prologue is a correct but word, But maybe yes. we've like... Introduction is also a fun introduction word. Introduction <laughs> is okay. <laughs> so maybe this is just enough of like the tone of who we are and a few of the things that we have to talk about that will be of enough interest that once we get this baby really launched with, you know, the official, the official thing, yes. people may be interested to tune in. I mean, and I think because we are... We are born of the Jesus people era, right? Which is kind Amen, of which sister. is kind of making this whole resurgence here. But what also has been truly heartbreaking for me is our children's generation, because mm-hmm. there are many, many, many um, in our children's age group who had parents like we were, who didn't come out of it like we mm, came out of right. it, and some of those children's story have broken my heart. Well, I see you say we came out of it. The the truth is, is that, excuse me, I've been, I'm drinking seltzer, so I'm yeah, belching. Yeah, now you're, now you're doing the birthday. <laughs> um, the, uh, of our, of the two couples, you know, you and I came out, our husbands are still very much our in. Husbands are not, not yeah. um, out. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Our ex-husbands. Yeah, yeah. You know what? <laughs> but you know, yeah. once you're married, <laughs> oh. Oh. in the eyes of the oh. Lord. Uh, and so, but what what I have realized in hearing some of these other stories is at least there was a fissure in the family that we brought, which I've, we've obviously born, you know, that we were the devil bringing the devil into our household. Yeah. But it also snapped some of that intensity for our children, right? Because then it they did. got to see two parents like, okay, maybe this... This is, you know, maybe there's different ways. I have to think through this stuff for myself, whereas some kids, you know, there have been some homeschooling stories where they've never, they never saw another human being outside of their own family group. And just the discipline, which I talk about um, in my Instagram story, which is probably if I were to, to chart up everything that I personally feel like I've done the most damage in my life, it's been in the method of discipline that Mm -hmm. we did with our children. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are some pretty horrific stories out there of yeah. fundamentalist children who also endured yeah. some of those. Um, and so we have, I mean, the purity culture is like all the stuff that has names now. We lived that without the names. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like, we didn't call it purity culture. It, it was, was just, just called being sold out for yeah, Jesus. Yeah, being sold out for Jesus. And so, you know, I think just being able to see that the whole, you know, both of us believe God didn't want us to use birth control um, and just all the struggles that go along with that. Oh yeah. My, my husband more than your husband believe we should be in absolutely no debt. 
So just having five children in one income with no <laughs> debt was really hard. <laughs> Mine went to the other extreme. Yours, it's like, yours did. How many credit cards can we use and jack up? So, so one judgmental story, which is really funny because we're struggling, right? We, we, um, you know, my ex-husband ended up being a teacher, and Martin wanted to have brass switch plates throughout the house. Oh my gosh, I remember that. <laughs> and I, you know, I remember Lindsay and I going home. I mean, that definitely were like. Like, what? Like, that's just such a waste. Like, you know, there's, and of course, we're still also under that everything that you have, you should be giving back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how does he justify brass switch plates? We may have to edit this out. But, um, <laughs> no, you can leave it in. You can leave it um, in. But we, we were definitely not the family of brass switch plates. Like, if I got, you know, a turkey on Thanksgiving, that was amazing. But yeah. <laughs> so. There are a lot of things that have visited other generations of this fundamentalist mindset that um, I think it is good for some of our generation to come out and go, hey. Our generation. How old are you? I'm, I just turned 60. Oh, okay. I'm 61, going to be 62. So, Yeah, yeah we're, we're kind of old. We are kind of old. <laughs> so, And this journey started for me with the Jesus thing at age 14. And me, 15. All right. So... We got some years on us. We do. All right. So folks, um, yeah, hopefully a little bit of what you just heard sounds interesting. If not, sorry, we just wasted, what, 33 minutes of your time? If we don't edit anything out. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, if it is intriguing... Then I don't know. How does this thing work? Do they like subscribe to a podcast? Yeah, so it's available on, you know, where everyone gets their podcasts and they get uploaded. And if we are hoping to do this every two weeks. Yeah, two weeks sounds um, good. Until we've told the stories that we need to tell and then then we'll we'll bow out. Then we'll be done. (laughs) All right. We'll bow out. Uh, And... Yeah, so, and then I'll be posting it on my Instagram, which is Feet of Clay. you got to show me how to use that. I still don't know how to use it. She's old. I am old. So, we got to get her into the modern age. Okay. Uh, I will. So, we'll be, you know, doing little tidbits there, and then there may be a morphing of, you know, what Feet of Clay then becomes uh, in the future. But we'll keep everyone informed. I love you, Tracy. I love you. And we have a lot of good pictures because when we did come out, <laughs> we came, we, With we, a made, we made up for last teen years. Yes, we did. And I've been looking through some of those and I've got hookah pictures and burlesque pictures. Like we. Oh, yeah. Rocky Horror Show costume some, party we have pictures. Some good photos of yeah. us through the years. It'll be fun. So. fun. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Tracy. All right. Thank you. Adios. Thank you.